All right, so uh, welcome to our first episode of our still unnamed podcast. Uh, my name is Alec Nelson. <laughs> yes, my name is uh, Alec Nelson, and this is... I'm Karsten Donnelly. Karsten Donnelly. Cool, so um, uh, first thing we want to talk about was like, uh, you know, maybe why we're starting a podcast or maybe, you know, what inter- interested us into uh, coming into this type of domain. Uh, uh, what do, what are your thoughts on that? I, I really think just our conversations as um, a couple of friends who really only we really only became friends a couple of years ago, surprisingly. But I feel pretty close with you, pretty connected, and our conversations I feel like are really uh, meshed. Really, they they flow together really well, depending on whatever topic we want to discuss. And oh yeah, we have For a sure, right. Yeah, we have a very similar interest in podcasts and uh, information and topics and just things that happen. So I figured this was a pretty logical step for the two of us. Oh, for sure. So, like, little background: uh, Donnelly and I are both in the Navy. We met via that. So, um, probably pulling from maybe a future topic here that uh, our experiences together as you know sailors in the military as. Uh, uh, brought us closer together faster than I think you know most people would uh, become friends. I'd agree, uh, especially since we had to spend somewhere up to twelve, almost fourteen hours a day in the same room every single oh, yeah. day. And then we still hang out afterwards and on the weekends too. So yeah. you're with each other all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, I wrote down a couple of uh, uh, goals that um, uh, I wanted to set for this podcast, and you know, pardon me if any of this is a little bit pretentious sounding. I guess I tapped into my, uh, uh, you know, college writing days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I wrote down for my goals is that I want to have a structured but not scripted discussion about topics that we're passionate or curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would you know pull from our own personal uh, experience and beliefs. Uh, kind of providing a cathartic creative expression for the two of us. Yeah. Um, so this would, in uh, theory, be an avenue for some deeper thought uh, and maybe some constructive conversation uh, starters for our audiences. So, you know, uh, I talk to people at work. Ooh, uh, um, so deeper thought is that a good name for the podcast? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we are still a name. Deeper thoughts, pretty good. Um, you know, I'm. We could even spell it T H O T for our younger audience. Oh yeah, keep it trendy. <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it trendy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally down for something kind of kitschy or uh, you know like a pun. Uh, any of those names, um, and you know, of course, uh, something I'd love to do too is build some type of community. I've been uh, browsing one of my favorite podcasts, uh, uh, subreddit, and. Um, like the uh, creators twitter accounts um and that kind of community interests me fairly uh fairly well especially for you know topic ideas um yeah and even people uh like publishing a talk before we go off and do research about it to come back um and people have have talked about it already um so we could like you know use user or listener input yeah yeah so, um, you know, other than that, um, why don't you uh, tell us what, what our uh, first topic is today? 
So the first podcast we decided to work on, and of course we'd like to uh, go into deeper subjects, maybe study and uh, talk about a big object like fission, nuclear fission, or um, you know, go into maybe more personal things like relationships. Um, but today we've decided to start with a little treasure hunt called The Secret. It was a book written by Byron Price back in 1982. And we ended up living in Charleston together, uh, where one of these uh, treasures were expected to be buried. And, of course, we got really into this, so that's kind of the idea that this uh, very rich man, Byron Price, ended up burying treasures across America. And we got really involved in one of them for about two weeks and then realized (laughs) (laughs) that's about as much as we can get out of it. Yeah, so I think this will be a little bit different. I, I think we could probably steer this towards uh, some type of, you know, deeper thought that we're, or, or conversations that we're looking for, but really uh, kind of using this as a, as a test run just to see how uh, we would operate this podcast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, a great intro, by the way. Oh, I nice. think that accurately described it. Um, I, I think, yeah, so Price was a is a publisher. Um who he buried 12 casks, he called them. These are these handmade, like, porcelain, uh, like, cookie jar type of things that, that he called casks um, in 12 different locations. Um, and the casks themselves were, were pr- trying to be preserved in, in these plexiglass containers. Um, and they're buried basically in, in public parks around um, around the U.S. in major cities and... Um, then he wrote this book, which uh, I don't know if you have handy today, but I I have it still in my storage unit. I meant to grab it, uh, but it said I grabbed the motorcycle helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the joys of moving. So I'm all yeah. I'm all in boxes right now too, getting ready to make a move in a couple of days. And uh, you just moved uh, not yeah. too long ago, so a couple of weeks now. Yeah, I sure did. Um, I moved to Virginia and lived on. As uh, Nelson has described earlier, the Navy ship, the the Grand John C. Stennis, and uh, <laughs> I lived there for about three weeks, and I felt extremely homeless because I'd get off the boat, and I'm like, I gotta find something to do that's not the boat. <laughs> but finally got a place as of less than a week ago, so I'm still kind of in the transition of furnishing everything and getting everything out of my unit. But uh, right. back on topic, uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Byron Price, he he buried these 12 casks, um, and they were kind of like, they had, they had these keys, these ceramic keys. that we know, Yeah, let's talk about what's at stake here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's these non-metallic casks. You can't use a metal detector to find them. You have to use um, clues from history, and uh, his po- he had poems and pictures that he had to match up the... The idea was to give people a uh, a reason to study the history of the area. You know, San Francisco, Charleston, Chicago, uh, these these places that had a lot of history in America. You would study them and, and look at what has happened, and then follow the poems that he has written along with the paintings that he uh, he he had somebody else paint. Um, piece all the clues together and find where these casts were buried without the aid of you know metal detectors or anything like that. Yeah, which I find extremely fascinating, and uh, you know, uh, 
I, I I feel like I'd like to save the discussion for for why uh he he's done this for for possibly at the end. So I feel like we 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 tell our story here, um, and you know our conclusions about the uh, the Charleston cast specifically. Uh, yeah, the one that we hunted for a grand of two weeks. <laughs> right, you know the the one that was really close to us, the thing that we became, uh, mm. you know, mildly obsessed about. Yeah, uh, I, so. Which is, Oh yes. You know, it, it it's why I feel like this is a good topic for us to start on because, you know, um doing doing some type of weekly podcast or bi weekly due to the whole you know, navy schedule, we don't have we won't probably won't have a very set recording schedule. It's it's very uh uh indicative of the way that we operate, just becoming, you know, fixed on one topic for a while. Right. Um and you know, just kinda how good it feels to uh to get into something like that for a little bit and then and then talk about it. This is pretty uh pretty accurate to oh. our style oh absolutely like i'm just so fascinated by all this stuff still actually looking back at the, like the picture of the charleston hunt kind of kind of gets me a little excited again but i think i'm going to start with how we got involved with it initially um my right, brother this was basically all you that brought that brought me into it yeah yeah my my brother Stephen donnelly he he told me about it because he was involved with it with his friend Ray. Um, and actually, Stephen had told me that he wants to be a part of our podcast, so maybe he'll show up in later episodes if you're good with it. I'd um, love it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he wanted to be a part of this one because, again, this was this was kind of his thing. But either way, he... <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm from Arkansas, and Stephen lives there. And, of course, that's a, about a 14-hour drive. So when he found out that I... Um, and living in a location where these casks are supposedly hidden, he said, I'm, I'm, I can send all this stuff to my brother, and he can do the footwork. You know, him and Ray, his friend, were doing all the technical research and trying to piece together the poems with the art and all the little hidden drawings within the pictures. Um, and he sent, all, sent me all this information, and I remember thinking, while he was sending all this stuff, I was like, man, I have a shipmate. I have a buddy, Nelson. He's good at just about everything he does. I'm going to involve him. And, of course, this kind of developed... Give me a lot of credit here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everything that we kind of worked on together, and, of course, all the stories you told me, I was like, this guy's good at, this guy's good at stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sure enough, like, you know, when I passed all this information on you, your eyes lit up, and you were like, I'm in. And you got... Your drive to solve this got me excited, more excited than I was initially. So that oh, kind yeah. of I kind of delved into all that. Especially because, like, I I wanted to you know take a fresh look because obviously we're in, we're in the age of the internet. I mean, we're looking at what a uh, a thirty eight year old book here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're in the age of the internet, and and uh, there's twelve um of these treasures that have been buried, and and only two have been found. Right. So and even with all this information sharing, uh, with only having two of them found, it it, it felt like, um, you know, you could take all this information and, and piece it together, but know that no one's found it. So uh, right. you're kind of excited to be the fresh eyes that takes a look at this thing, and hopefully be the ones that find it. Because and there's not a it's not a small community. There's you know podcast or yeah, I think there's podcasts, but I know there's like blogs, YouTube blogs, um, about people. Who oh yeah, gone on a these whole hunts. wiki. <laughs> oh, an entire wiki that I, I, I don't know how many people are a part of. I, I'm actually curious now, but 
Right. I, I don't really see any um, user information on this uh, uh, on the website about how many people are, um, you know, visiting this website or have uh, yeah. contributed to the information that's listed here. Right. But, you know, there's the wiki, there's Reddit, there's the subreddits for it. There's all all kinds of like there's groups of people trying to find these treasures. Um, but I right. I'm starting to realize, and of course, we can get into this more that it's so late now, 38 years later, it's becoming harder and harder to actually actually find these casts. Oh yeah, and you'll see in some of these clues, like uh, you know, he references trees, like like you know, mm-hmm. wildlife and and things um, that are totally changed. Like landscaping has changed throughout the right. years and, and whatnot. That makes some of these things, you know, maybe impossible to find. Well, if you remember, Byron Price, his inspiration was that I can't I can't remember that book off the top of my head, but that book in London in England that was a treasure hunt as well. But that was solved very quickly. And I think Byron Price expected his to be solved within, you know, within a few years, not um, oh, for sure. the first one being solved. When was it? Uh, 2004? No, 19, 1983 was the only the first one I found. But the next one, 2004. 2004, which is insane. 11 years later. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he expected that at all. Yeah, he was. Um, uh I recently saw an interview with uh, two of his daughters. I don't know if they're his only daughters, but um, uh, what what they said is that he he expected all the puzzles to be easy. He thought they were really easy. Right. Um, well, yeah, because he buried them. <laughs> right. And so you kind of get a little blinded by that uh, uh, kind of, you know, uh, the, the puzzle maker's uh, farce, I guess, where you think it's super easy because you know all the clues and they make sense to you, but... Uh, these things are, are are pretty cryptic. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. especially the Charleston one. This one, we we spent, you know, I remember we would get off of work, uh, you know, our eight to twelve hour day, and we would go back to this like small stuffy lounge. We'd set up our computers and notepads, <laughs> and we'd be looking at these pictures and poems and everything listed online. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, and I'd love to. Um, for those of you who aren't playing along at home um the the clues that you get is uh in this book that you can buy that's you know published by price but um the the artwork in it is by someone the story is in it uh in it is by someone else and then there's the the poems which are by a couple different people um the the story itself is uh one that kind of celebrates uh it's like it's a fantasy story it kind of celebrates uh immigration of people and, and different groups of people coming together Right, and it's all based off of uh, American like fairies and folklore. Um, I remember when like looking through the book that I actually physically purchased because you know I felt like it. Uh, and there were you know these like pictures of like little gnomes and things, which reminded me of back home. There's this small art exhibit called the Bluebird of Happiness that had these like gnomes and fairies and creatures that are really tied into like uh, old American and old English cultures. And that was kind of the celebration of that, but it really did speak of, like you said, uh, Native American, um, cult, like in America, and uh, that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, I, I think he was—he was pretty passionate. His, um, uh, his ancestors' names are are even on, um, you know, engraved on Ellis Island. Like, uh, he, he's pretty passionate about, you know, immigrant immigration. Um, in mm-hmm. each of the uh, the the clues and, and um actually correspond with uh 
um, a group of people, a, a, com- a country that has immigrated to America. Um, so, uh, at least according to, you know, the wiki, uh, we didn't get too deep into this lore because um, the immigration country and, and a few other things um, that, uh, you know, uh, correspond with um, how to find these don't really, you know, give you a bunch of information about where you need to go. Right. So... Uh, the clues that you're presented with are, are these paintings, um, which, you know, earlier I watched a, a, an interview with this painter. Uh, um, I just I just found the name John Jude Palancar. Probably said that one. It, yes, um, I watched an interview with him, and, and you know he's pretty famous. This is his first big work, um, mm. but he went on to illustrate for like Aragon. Um, oh, yeah, and a couple other uh, like pretty big fantasy books. Like he did. Um, the cover artwork for them good for him that's awesome yeah right so um uh you you get these these 12 intricate paintings that have uh you know various clues hidden in them tons of Um, little detail right and uh they're they're numbered um ours that we're looking at is uh is number two um and when you're looking at this image you see like a couple things stand out to you the first is probably the the big lion head on top and then uh, the fairy lady. Um, the next thing that I see automatically is there's a mask behind the fairy lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, the forehead of it is very, very clearly a map of Charleston. With with this medallion that is the shape of Fort Sumter. It's, it's almost undeniable that there is a treasure buried in Charleston. But the, the problem with all this information online is there are two poems that everybody believes is really tied to the Charleston area, and it's kind of hard to discern, with, again, with all this information that they're putting out, which one is the accurate poem that would really tell you where it is. Um, I remember right, that. So, yeah, so there, there are these poems that, that uh, coincide with, with each image, but they're not named on which one goes with which. You're supposed to figure them out yourself. Right. So there, there is disagreeal on what um, poem goes with what. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the 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 leading uh poem is is uh yeah verse six. We'll go with that, and you know we could probably lead that read that a little bit later. Right. Yeah. So you know all these matching up with poems and let's get this information. And I remember we we were trying to follow every path. We were trying to look at everything openly and not say this is the definitive poem because we knew that uh, that's an easy way to get stuck in a rut and not be able to back ourselves out of we were looking at everything. Um, right. But all of all the solid evidence that we were like kind of picking up, both of them were really dead ends, uh, sadly enough. But... Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm scrolling through this wiki right now. I just gotta I just gotta mention I'm scrolling through the wiki right now, and I remember how far fetched a lot of these uh, clues are. <laughs> like uh, one is oh, talking yeah. about the fairy's hand. She's casting this this fairy is painted with her hands crossed. She's casting a shadow on her chest, um, and people like kind of drew an outline to say it's the long palms shadow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not seeing it. That or the, yeah, some uh, of it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, with the image of this one, definitely, I did not uh, believe the birthmark on the lion's forehead about a, a statue at Fort Sumter. 
it looks nothing like it. <laughs> Not a bit. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, for sure, when you look into some of the um, uh, the other clues, um, and and you know, like the two that have been solved, you can you can see um, where they're they're pulling these ideas from. Right. Because in a lot of the images, there's there's shapes that that correspond with uh, um, you know, actual monuments and whatnot. Right. Uh, this one's a little bit harder to believe. The um, the shape of uh the battery as we call it here in charleston or or uh what it officially knows white point gardens um does seem to be in the tassels that hold her the uh, the fairy's top together mm-hmm. um which i wouldn't put past uh the artist to put in based on the other clues it is a small detail but it does it does kind of stand out when you look at it as, uh, at the picture right and again these weren't meant to be too difficult mm-hmm. um so it is it's very easy to start overthinking some of these things and, and you definitely see how people have done that here right and that was something that i remember we had a discussion about while we were probably sitting at barnes and noble drinking coffee with a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of assholes um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, yeah i know but we were talking about how you can you can look at the end goal of something and then come up with a bunch of reasons of why that's the end goal when looking at the whole topic. Um, and this isn't just the case with like treasure hunts, but it's really anything that goes on with anybody's lives is they start looking at the finish line and they find everything that was like uh, a reason why it happened or you know direction towards it. It's like I should have seen the signs, and you know really stepping back and. Not being a part of it, you could say, no, those weren't signs. They just happened to be coincidences that you oh, yeah. you tied into it because you were so focused on it and they didn't mean anything. Um, and I think that's with this kind of uh, collage of a picture for Charleston, that was really the challenge. Most of the other pictures, they had one main focus, but this one had a lot going on. Right. This one has a lot that points you to, um, you know, a few different locations. Mm-hmm. Um, around Charleston, including you know Fort Sumter, there's that medallion with the uh, the clock face, which gave us the month. Um, and I don't know if we talked about it, but the keys unlock um, uh, lock boxes and safety deposit boxes in in New York that contains a jewel. Mm, um, right. Each each one with a uh, that corresponds like to the birth month of um, the month in the painting. So this uh this medallion here has uh um four o'clock is the time on it. <clears throat> which is how we concluded that it's it's April. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also very clearly shaped like uh Fort Sumter. Oh absolutely. <clears throat> which uh shaped like home plate for mm-hmm. anyone not playing along at home. Right. But the <laughs> significance of that is really strange because both uh, big arguments of the location of the treasure, neither of them lead to Fort Sumter. One is Fort Moultrie, and the other one is White Point Garden. Yeah, right. Because there's there's no way this man uh, who presumably he he dressed up as a um as a maintenance worker and walked on to you know public parks around the country, yeah. uh, and and buried treasure at them. Um, uh, there's no way that he would have walked onto something as historic and important as Fort Sumter. Of course, yeah. So. That's a, if you don't know much about it, that 
not you, Nelson, but the listeners. Because <laughs> I know we've done our research. <laughs> um, Fort Sumter is a small island off of the coast of Charleston. Um, the only way to get there now is by ferry, or if you have beer bridge, you don't go. Uh, a, right. You ferry out to this island that is entirely the uh, historic monument of Fort Sumter, which was the first shots of the American Civil War. Um, and so there's no way that this man, Byron Price, went out to Fort Sumter and said, yeah, somebody is going to dig up my treasure here because that wasn't his intention. He wanted to bury them in places that people could actually dig them up without being arrested. Right, or damaging some sort of, you know, historic place. Yeah, exactly. Which brings me to, I actually have uh, the rules here written down. They're, um, they're from page 219 from The Secret. Mm-hmm. Um, the first line is about the jewels. It says the jewels are collect- collectively worth over $10,000. The treasure casts themselves are incalculable value, uh, never being, being owned by any man or woman. Uh, every treasure cast cask is buried underground at a depth of no more than three to three and a half feet the casks are protected by illustrious transparent boxes and are sealed uh and the following places hold no treasure uh a any life-threatening locations as a dangerous highway embankment a contaminated area or an active railway track b any cemetery c any public uh, or private flower bed and D, any proper property owned uh, by the contributors to the book, their families, or friends. Mm-hmm. So it really does lay some groundwork. Uh, you, you can tell that he, he, you know, respects people's property and also land, um, places of burial, burial, and, you know, presumably, um, even though he did bury these all in parks, I don't think he did it of anything of, uh, you know, historic significance where... Uh, where digging things up would be, you know, detrimental to the uh, to the park itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as you were reading out the rules, I looked through the the wiki. Did you know that Boston, Massachusetts, was solved last year? Um, you know, I was looking into that earlier today, but I didn't get too far into it. Yeah. Um, so, because the the wiki itself wasn't. Um, super helpful with telling us what had happened. Oh, so uh, on the official uh, secret.pbworks.com, <laughs> if you guys want to look at that website, that's where most of the uh, information is compiled. The, there was a claim in October of 2019 that the Boston cast was found, um, but they refused to share evidence. And that's pretty interesting. So right, which is super sketchy. Yeah, but... It kind of goes to show there's still a community who's out here looking for these these casts, these treasures. Oh yeah, and what's interesting is I feel like we would have heard about this unless they're, um, uh, you know, worried about uh, legal discourse because there's um, certainly uh, you know more rules nowadays than than there was uh, with like digging in public parks and things like that. Um, cause like even the park that we were trying to in White Point Gardens, uh, you couldn't dig without <laughs> facing some serious, uh, legal problems here. Yeah. So, uh, Byron Price actually tragically died in, uh, in 2005, um, uh, only a year after the second cask was found. Um, 
And uh, with the, in an interview with the guy that found the second cask, uh, he said that Byron Price was so excited that he said, other than the birth of his children, this was the happiest day of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very excited about it. He And then tragically in a car crash in 2005, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking, taking the locations of the remaining 10 boxes with him. Um, the only other people that know, presumably, are his wife, who said that she will honor um any you know remaining uh keys that are found she'll honor giving the people the jewels um and invalidating their findings right um and also the uh um the painter that uh painted the the artwork for this um also you know has a general idea of the locations mm-hmm. um he stated that that uh price sent him uh you know like packets for each painting that he was to paint mm-hmm. saying that these are what needed to be included here's photos around them he never saw the actual like dig site per se right um but he had all these clues and whatnot and uh interestingly enough to this day um the the interview was last year just uh almost exactly a year ago mm-hmm. he uh, uh will not tell anyone anything about the locations yeah which is um I think amazing for how long this uh, treasure hunt has been going on for, they still continue to hold on to the secret. Oh, right. Because he's, he's more concerned with, you know, the spirit of this hunt rather than the actual finding of the treasures. Of course. Because uh, um, I think still to this day, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fulfilling its purpose. I mean, and, think uh, about how much, um, how much research we've put into the history of Charleston. And of, of course the, the idea of us hanging out and going after this this hunt together, you know, that was kind of. I imagine. I know the history of it at least was the idea, but. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, before we get into that, I do uh, want to talk about what our conclusions were on this. Uh, right. On the Charleston hunt itself. Right. So um, we we spent. I remember the first week gathering as much information as possible. I bought the book. We got notebooks together. We we, we started uh, Word documents. And we were sharing it with, of course, my brother and Ray, who also had done their own separate research. Um, and we went out and we looked at the potential dig sites. I remember they, they came up with a separate conclusion from the rest of uh, the Internet community. They imagined it was at Washington Square Park in downtown Charleston. Um, and there were some good ideas about it, but nothing so much concrete as uh, either Fort Moultrie or White Point Gardens. Um, there was some pretty good evidence for those. But right. the only place that we could... Actually, I still think it's illegal. All those places are illegal to dig at now, so all of them would be a very big risk to try and uh, try and recover the cast. Oh, yeah. And... In our research, we did find that um, the uh, you know the guy that's in charge of the permits in Charleston still to this day gets gets tons of emails, um, mm. you know, requesting permission to dig. They all think they know where it's at, um, and and they want to dig you know one hole and whatever in in White Point Garden. But um, you know, if everyone were to do that, then it, it would you know destroy the park, right? And um, I know that the White Point Garden one specifically, um, the conclusion is that if it was buried at White Point Garden, that cask was destroyed because the evidence in the poem 
showed a, a monument to a capstan from an old boat. It was, I think, the first ironclad or one of the ironclads in uh, the Civil War between America and the South. Uh, do you remember? Right. So it's the it's the capstan from from the USS Maine, mm. um, which was you know prominently displayed on on the uh, uh, the north side of the park, facing the water. Um, one of the clues in the poem just simply says May. 1913 which was clearly prominently printed onto that uh um onto that monument that we had there right and um the problem is that monument was replaced with a much larger monument and the idea is that if that was the location of the cask uh, because of course there could have been a different poem leading up to it uh that cask has now been destroyed in the locations Right, because um, from what we do know, that when they moved that that capstan out of there to replace it with a, um, a statue now of William Moultrie, um, they needed to expand the base so the footprint became you know a couple feet extra larger, which sounding it, it sounds like due to the clues that um, it would have been buried only a couple feet uh, to the uh, to the east of this of the statue. Right. Then the, uh, realistically up. The, the path there's not a lot of room beyond that anyway, so it probably if that is the case would have been dug up by some worker and possibly destroyed. Right. They probably never even would have seen it cuz when you when you look at these things they're really not that big. Right. Um they're in this plexiglass container that's been, you know, underground for uh at the time of this replacement even um uh, which is hard. It's hard to find the year. I, I didn't write that down for whatever reason, but uh, it was at least 20 years at the time that the uh, new statue was put up would have been uh, almost indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, just about a, a one foot cube box. Imagine having um, even maybe a little bit smaller than that. Right. And backhoe would just probably go right through it and dump it with the rest of the, uh, with the dirt. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. And uh... so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so tragically, um, we do believe that that this uh, this cask is lost. That is that is you know the idea of that is the general consensus of the uh, the PBWorks dot com. You know the the main hub it seems of the secret hunters. Um, yeah, like I said, there's other ideas. There's one for Fort Moultrie, uh, which is across the Bay of Charleston to Patriots Point, that kind of area. Um, some people believe that a separate poem with the picture leads them down the road to Fort Moultrie to this uh, monument, I think regarding lost soldiers to the Civil War, um, into the corner of the fort. Um, but that is a very illegal place to dig. It's very open. Um, if you go to, obviously no one's going to let you dig there, and if you go to dig there, you most likely be caught. Right. Kind of not in a good situation. Again, the last option is my brother and Ray's idea of going to Washington Square Park. But that one, that one was kind of loose. I remember, I remember one of, to me, the most definitive, for whatever reason, uh, clues was, I think of the poem that they gave us was like the sound of whistling water. And we had, there was a fountain that whistled when we pressed on it. I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, that didn't match up for any of the other locations. This is amazing. Um, yeah, for 35 years ago at the time. like, <laughs> Right. It's an old fountain, but I, I, I'd be pressed to believe that that was one of the hints 
But who knows? Oh, for sure. Who knows? And, you know, when you go look at these uh, uh, clues online, if, um, you know, hopefully we've inspired some people to, to look into them at home. Uh, when you go look at some of these clues online, you'll see that um, it, it's pretty definitive where, where this cask was. And uh, even more recently, some more photos have come up of uh, the um, excavation where they removed the um, original, um, uh, what you call it, uh, statue that we believed it to be buried next to. Mm, right. Are oh, you talking about the so, one in uh, White Point Garden? Yeah, in White Point Garden. So, like, our, our, our loosely, we, we went this roundabout way to, uh, you know, go and try to find it somewhere else. Like, you know, originally you, you look this stuff up and you're like, Oh, this cask is lost. It's, uh, it's, it's gone forever. It's destroyed. And what I now found my little notes here, 2007. Right. And I remember that was kind of the end goal. Or the end of the search for us was looking at the Fort Moultrie and us, of course, being in the Navy and realizing that if we got caught doing something stupid, like digging that one up or trying to, Oh yeah. That was, that's just way worse for us than if, you know, anybody else tried to. Um Whiteport Garden was a wash, obviously. If it was there it is gone. And the Washington Square Park, that one's in the middle of downtown. Uh, again, extremely risky dig. And really the only people that were extremely interested interested in that location, because we didn't find anything else online about that uh park, was my brother and Ray. Um and us, you know. Right. But I think we agreed, uh, uh, looking at all of the information, that the most likely scenario was White Point Garden. That is kind of everything is pointing to. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of tragic. And yeah. um, even something I was really interested to found, uh, find was around the same time we were doing this, um, the uh, Discovery Channel TV show, um, let's see, Expedition Unknown mm -hmm. um, got permission to dig in the battery. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so they actually got permission to dig in White Point Garden to try to find uh, this cask. Hmm. Um, and, but unfortunately, uh, I went to go watch the episode that this was supposed to be on, um, and they cut the Charleston storyline from it entirely. Really? Yeah, so it probably, uh, you know, for the best at, at, at that point. Um, they did cover a couple other cities. Right. Um, but somebody somebody did get to dig there. So at least let's that's, that's hope that, you know, with, with enough, uh, you know, manpower here, you know, maybe getting in contact with a producer on a TV show, you, you might still be able to get out there and find one of these. Right. I think, I think the concern with that is if they showed where they dug in white point guard people would think oh but it's not there it's over here you fools and would request or dig on without permission and tear up the park um, right because the white point garden um i'd say is one of the most accessible parks in charleston yeah it definitely is i know my my girlfriend lives down in charleston and it's still it's a long walk it's uh about two miles maybe two and a half miles to get to white point garden but she she goes there constantly. She loves that park. It's one of the most oh, yeah. significant parks in that area. And I think that that probably brings us to our whole point of this and, and what, what uh, Price wanted, too, was uh, he wanted people to get out and explore their local area. Right. Which, uh, um, to his honor, we did. <laughs> oh, we really did. Yeah, we, we really did get out there. Um, 
couple mornings and and even to this day uh the battery um is probably my favorite place in charleston mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. um first thing i do i did when the navy allowed us to uh, uh venture away from our homes uh during the uh the whole covid19 uh epidemic right. pandemic um was go straight over to uh uh the battery mm-hmm. and i tried to set up a hammock out there but there's clearly posted signs saying that you can't loiter it's only for um physical exercise oh walking running oh uh, was that after COVID? i mean i don't know if we can call it after we're still in the middle of it <laughs> or yeah you're right yeah but after our my command lifted restrictions on on what we were and were not allowed to do right. um went over there and and um i did hang out for a little bit you know maybe against the park's wishes but it was real early on a sunday so there wasn't many people out there right. uh, who am i hurting being alone in the hammock you know <laughs> yeah I, I didn't set up the hammock i just took my my place on a bench and and hung out okay yeah of course so but yeah i think i think the spirit of this uh this treasure hunt here definitely lives on and um uh it, it's kind of you know what keeps us still interested and, and still passionate about this topic to this day of course yeah, there still seems to be an active community and honestly i am <laughs> looking back through all of this i kind of wish i had a uh, you know a long pole that could reach to the the distance that we're setting the holes and try to poke around those areas see if i could find anything but oh yeah, <laughs> for sure yeah i know ultimately the the sad and realistic solution probably is that the cask is destroyed again. It's been close to 40 years now. Yeah, but there's still, you know, good belief to think that uh, uh, a lot of these are out there in condition that's that's recoverable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he did build these things to last, and, you know, the one that uh, was discovered in 2004 that we have proof that it exists is is in pretty good condition right um he sealed these boxes amazingly well mm-hmm. um and i would love to take another crack at one of these yeah uh let's see roanoke i, I see that roanoke island in north carolina um yeah not too far from you not too far from me you know maybe we can start a new hunt maybe we can uh <laughs> well oh i'd i'd love to we could meet right right there it's it's almost in the in the middle of us really Oh man, wait for some Outer Banks? Yes, this is. Oh yeah, this is a uh, you know our next step in our friendship. I'll I'll <laughs> load up the motorcycle once COVID passes, and I'll meet you there. Oh yeah, we'll have to gather some more research around here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm also really excited. Um, my uh, sister and brother-in-law are moving towards um, St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, okay. So you get uh, to send them some uh, some information. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're as interested in this as uh, as we are, but um, certainly uh, that would um, you know inspire me to take a couple of trips down there. Right. That you know, and that is that is the other thing I remember. You know, when we were like we were so. Just so involved with this, and I remember like telling people, like we found we have real buried treasure that we're searching for, and I was like into it. I was so excited, and they just kind of were like, "Yeah, man, <laughs> you know, there's yeah, it's glazed over." That's all right. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I, I don't know why I find this so so involving, so so, so drawing to me, but I, I just absolutely love it." 
Yeah, I think I think the real catch here is, you know, you came up to me and you're like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm looking at. Here is real evidence. And there are two that are already found. And, you know, here's what happened with them. Like that that's a that's an instant because, you know, you could be on a wild goose chase uh, for literally nothing like um, uh, one that my my dad and I were talking about was uh, in Colorado, a guy that uh, found after years like literal buried gold in the Colorado Rockies. Oh, oh, was that? I think I remember hearing about the story. That one was actually found. Yeah, it was found, but um, that was like the uh, uh, it was the only one. There was no real proof that it was even out there, but people still went for it. Right, and I remember hearing that some people had actually lost their lives in the search for that one. Yeah, which is which is insane. It's a little it's a little far, and I don't think Price that was his goal here. His no. goal was to for you to get out, enjoy the cities that you're in. You know, look look at the the uh, um, the parks. You know, yeah. really just get out there into I, your community. I, I mean, he buried these in like cities. You know, Chicago, St. Augustine, New Orleans. You know, he wanted you to like go learn the 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 history of those cities and, and find the strength. It's Right. Honestly, in my eyes, a little amazing that less, like, not so many of them have been found. Oh yeah, it's 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 kind of insane. Like it's it's wild that he thought these were going to be so easy, and they clearly weren't. Right. So, um, and so yeah, this article about the one in in Colorado was only written on June eighth of uh, twenty twenty. So, mm. no, we're looking at twenty two days ago. Wow, the, uh, treasure. Yeah, the treasure chest worth a million dollars found hidden in the Rocky Mountains after a decade of people searching. I, I did not know that was found. I remember hearing people talk about that. That was actually one of the other buried treasures that uh, my brother and Ray were like, we're going to find that one too. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's just, yeah, ones like that feel so far from home, this one being so close to home really. Uh, right. Because it is, you know. if, if you ever look up the picture, it is so clear that it is Charleston, South Carolina. It's undeniable. Um, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. But, again, the finding the exact place in Charleston, that's a different story. Yeah, that's that's a lot harder to pinpoint location. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call us a, a fairly large city. Certainly uh, pretty big, but um, uh, just saying Charleston itself and uh, looking at other clues, you actually open it up to the much greater Charleston area, right. which makes this even more difficult. Um, and, you know, but Absolutely. someone someone out there can definitely crack it. These things are sol- solvable. So, you know, what is what does this search mean to us, I guess, like in, in conclusion? Mm. Um uh, we've already kind of hit on it a little bit, but like just just getting out there um, and being in your community was such a was such a huge thing um, for us. And I, I hate to say it, but you know, I the real treasure mm. might have been the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. It it was nice because for us, you know, we really only spend about two years. I know you're there for a little bit longer now, but about two years in Charleston, uh, so it was nice to really delve into the city and, like, and see all of the history that really uh, still exists there, but, I mean, now this is kind of like, this is this is an event that we share that is it kind of an exciting, a fun event that's, a, I think, a thrilling story to tell people. They, 
it, it seems that people can be really drawn into this kind of story because we have obviously a lot to talk about regarding <laughs> this oh. treasure hunt. <laughs> For sure, yeah, I think uh, um, you know this. This is uh, uh, you know a big part of, in building our friendship and in in something that is a lot of fun to do. I mean, um, personally, I'm thinking about a. Uh, uh, you and I both for a while on our online dating profiles said uh, amateur treasure hunters as our occupations. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a great title. That is a great title. Oh, yeah. Mine might still be that because I don't really use it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I've, I've kinda, it in quite the time. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that the uh, the really the best way to meet people is through either volunteer work or uh, common community ideas like like rock wall climbing, but of course we can get to that kind of topic uh, another day. Oh yeah, I'd love to talk about that kind of stuff, and especially uh, this is really it starts to build on our, um, our our friendship conversation that I hope to have soon, and in a relationship conversation that that I know we're gonna have soon. Oh, of course, yeah, I love I love talking about relationships. I just I love love. I love you know connections. And I just find them to be so. Uh, unique and special but uh, that's oh, not yeah. really the topic of our conversation today so no you and i both have some uh very deep and and, and interesting thoughts about about that kind of thing and um it's something right. that we talk about regularly but um i felt like this was kind of the start of our story as a uh, uh you know being friends and in um uh, establishing such uh you know great lines of communication with each other right because i know that with a lot of people, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you you're there together with them, and you you do some similar things. And yeah, you might go out with people, and, you know, go have some beers, go play some games, you know, whatever. But this was like this was a common deep interest that we had together that really kind of been like I, I realized I was like, man, this guy's like he's a lot like me, and <laughs> we really like oh, the yeah. same stuff. Super similar with, uh, you know, I feel like almost completely different backgrounds um, right. to, to end up in the same place, um, you know, both emotionally, mentally and physically mm-hmm. um, at this point in our lives just uh, uh, is such a, a wild, it, huge coincidence for us. Oh, absolutely. So I, I felt like this was a, a natural beginning to our story. So, I mean, I like you bringing up this topic you said uh if we're gonna do a podcast this is this has got to be it this is where we start this is yeah. where our story kind of starts even though you know we, we may have been friends with with the navy i thought you were gonna say friends with benefits <laughs> oh yeah i mean that too but you know don't let the listeners know <laughs> no. but yeah yeah you know like i don't know i've it's it's hard to to look at a friendship with co-workers because that's that's really how I view the Navy, and a lot of people have to do it too, depending on their time going into the Navy and their background. But uh, making friends with coworkers is really as long as you have the job. But I'm, you know, this this kind of friendship obviously is is, is lasting a little bit beyond that because you know, I'm now in Virginia, you're in Charleston. It's no longer a proximity thing. It's, it's kind right. of yeah, I enjoy talking to this guy. Oh, for sure, and and, and this podcast really uh, allows us to stay connected. Mm, absolutely. So I I love these type of conversations that we have. I'd love to get to get deeper into it, and uh, yeah. you know, really break down some of our our own thought processes. Because like, of I don't know about you, but I tend to uh, I feel like I I process um, things out loud. Mm. So 
I just I just overthink shit. <laughs> oh yeah, all the time. That's definitely the problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what? This podcast might be a pretty good way to let that all out. <laughs> These are all my thoughts for an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's just here's everything that we can think of on a wild meandering path to get to a uh, a nondescript point. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean really the story of the secret has no point because we didn't we didn't solve anything. We didn't come to any real conclusions that nobody else has come to but it was just a fun story of getting getting there yeah well i don't want to i don't want to downplay our accomplishments here i feel like we put in a ton of work and mm-hmm. and and all, all of our conclusions did lead to uh to you know something uh it's just that that thing was was gone it was it's too right. late for us right so um even though we didn't bear any fruit with our with our investigation here we uh, we we did we did accomplish something. I feel like. Yeah, that's a very good point. I yeah. Have to agree, mostly because that is the uh, more optimistic ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we'll have optimistic outlooks on uh, a lot of these topics of conversation. Yeah, of course. And uh, I'm going to probably order a new microphone and a desk because I'm just sitting in a chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have a better setup for next time, and hopefully we'll figure out some seamless. Uh, recording and editing and all that good stuff so that this is an easier output for our uh our connection i guess right yeah for sure so uh we'll see hopefully like i move in a couple of days and Mm -hmm. i'll hopefully get a a quieter uh place with maybe some more sound editing or or anything like that and um we can kind of build on this and um you know as any startup will become more professional over time professional Uh, that's not the point of this (laughs) yeah you're right <laughs> i guess us being professional uh maybe won't happen but our uh <laughs> the quality of our podcast might be more professional yeah here's hoping fingers crossed yeah, uh, yeah so man. hopefully um listeners will enjoy us just kind of bullshitting together mm-hmm. of course yes yeah. that's, that's uh, kind of the goal i mean obviously we're doing this to enjoy the topic of conversation but I don't. I would rather somebody enjoy listening to it than if they chose to, uh, than than hating the <laughs> hating the hour they spent on it. Yeah, and you know, hopefully people will enjoy it. We can foster some sort of community and 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 have uh, you know these these good conversations not only between us but between uh, people that we met via <laughs> you know the internet, which would be wild. Oh yeah, or, that um, would be really nice. Yeah, even old family uh, and and friends that we've had that that will take a listen to this um foster some new conversations with them too just to yeah. uh you know uh hopefully you know maybe they'll start conversations based on what we talk about um with their family and friends and we can start conversations with them and uh hopefully bring us all closer together you know you know that would be uh it's a very ambitious but i think a very good goal yeah I, in especially my family i don't think that's a uh too big of a problem but you know i'd love mm-hmm. to have more avenues of conversation of course yeah i mean i agree you know there's and we could get into this if we ever talk about relationships but yeah i feel like there is a level of uh communication that i I probably lack with other people rather than like with with you or you know people i'm really close to like charlize um but like my parents you know there's like there's like a certain topic that we just kind of talk about when when we talk on the phone i'd really like to be able to talk about new stuff, other stuff. So. Right. Just, 
I'd love to talk about ideas more than just uh, right. things. Yeah. And I don't know why me saying that just reminded me there's this movie. I know this is way up. There's this movie called uh, uh, The Nice Guys. Have you ever watched that? I've never seen The Nice Guys, no. It's a pretty good movie. It's 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 got uh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, and uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, and it's it's about these two like buddy cops, and they're like eh, I think it's in the nineteen eighties, and like I remember one scene specifically, Ryan Gosling has has his daughter, and she's like, oh yeah, and stuff, or you know, like, these things, and he looks just like we we don't say the words stuff or things, and <laughs> I. I I, for whatever I watched this movie like five six years ago now whenever it came like when it first came out I don't know the time it was and like that stick that that specific scene sticks with me and I really try to avert from saying stuff or things just because just because of that movie just because of that movie yeah I feel like that should be the uh, the mantra of our podcast is uh, stuff and things is you what, know is what we want to talk about that's a working title I like deeper thoughts or uh, refrigerate after opening also remind me to fucking turn off my ringer <laughs> I keep hearing it. I don't know if you could hear it go off. I'm gonna have to bleep you on that one. I think my family's gonna listen to this. You know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a dirty mouth sailor. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I think I can reel it in when we're having some types of conversations, but sometimes right. it's hard. You know? <laughs> it's definitely um, difficult, especially when you're so used to it. I remember. I don't. I don't remember if you were with me during that. I forget who I went to be with, but we went out to Mellow Mushroom. And I had like two beers, but they were like really strong, so I was kind of, I was kind of buzzing, you know, like not too much, but kind of buzzing. <laughs> yeah. And I was just talking really loudly, and I was swearing up a storm, and I wasn't thinking about it because you know we spent so long on base swearing at each other. And this family came up to me, and and the, the dad said, "He says I have kids. Would you please stop swearing just so loudly in a restaurant?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a horrible person. He's got the kids are like one table away from me, and I was so unobservant." Oh, no. <laughs> I don't dick. think I was there. I feel like I would have stopped you there. <laughs> you probably would have. I forget who I was out with, but that that also kind of sticks with me now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bro Emotional, a podcast. Uh, Alec dropping in here just to say thanks for giving us a listen. If you like what we do here, we'll try to um, record and edit a new podcast weekly. So stay tuned. Also, feel free to uh, follow us on social media to join and be a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week.